You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day for Thursday, October 7th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off-Bench Baseball, or the biggest one, Just Baseball. Really great site. Go check that out. I am a staff writer there. Maybe pop culture is your thing. Uh, you can find my work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse Play, Discussing Film Cred, and more, and hopefully many more to come. And I can confirm that there are more to come when it comes to pop culture stuff. That should be fun over the coming months. But of today's episode, guys, firstly, before we get into it, I just want to tell you, you can follow me at Javapeno on Twitter, uh, which is J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you see me pointing right now, that means you're watching the YouTube. That's right. We have a YouTube channel, Locked On Padres. Uh, the YouTube. Simple as that. You can go check that out. Uh, Going to be getting a new camera and new setup soon, which should make uh, all the off-season stuff even more, I guess, exciting to watch, hopefully, for you guys. Uh, and also follow the Twitter account for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres. Lots of Padres memes on there. Most of my baseball takes on there. Let's just be honest. That's where most of my baseball takes come from, but a lot of fun on there uh, for sure. Again, guys, as always, I want to thank you my listeners, for making Lockdown Padres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Hashtag first listen. I must say, though, maybe I wasn't your first listen today. And, and, and let me explain why. Okay? Let me explain exactly why. All right? I thought I almost exited out the browser for a second. Um, my but this, this restream application, for some reason, just wasn't working. I know. Look, I was working a lot yesterday. Not that I'm complaining or anything. That was my fault. But I expected the episode to get out a lot earlier. And unfortunately, I couldn't. I'm sorry about that. You'll probably get this by the time the, the ALDS games are starting between the White Sox and the Astros and the Rays and the Red Sox. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. But I figured instead of talking about the game last night, because honestly... That's depressing, and I try my best not to make the content super depressing and irritating for you guys, even though based on just studies and audience engagement research, oftentimes when you have topics that are going to get people triggered and you know annoyed and kind of pissed off, that that'll get you more engagement. Whatever. I'm in the good mood today, so I want to talk about first Jace Tingler. So, okay. I guess you could argue that this will also put you in a bad mood, so you're kind of between a rock and a hard place, but... Yesterday, it was announced that Jace Tingler was being fired by the Padres as manager, effective immediately. Made the whole announcement. There was an article, a big Q&A over on The Athletic that you can read that Dennis Lund did with Peter Seidler. And not too much there that I felt was too important to talk about. But in general, I mean, yeah, we saw, I've said this for a few, I've said this for a month now, uh, to be honest. Not to do the whole pat on my back thing. I'm not doing that. But um you know, this is kind of what had to happen. The Padres were devastating, 19-39 down, down the stretch. Losing games that they need to win. Getting no hit by the D-backs, the worst team in all of baseball. And you, you just can't have it. You just cannot have it, ladies and gentlemen. And at some point, something had to happen, right? They already got rid of Sam Ganey. They already got rid of Larry Rothschild, right? And one thing that I thought was interesting about this announcement is that they said Jace Tingler has been invited to potentially come back as some part of the organization, whatever that means. Look, I don't want to start doing that thing where I'm like, good riddance, get him out of the building. I don't want anything because these are people's jobs and have some level of sympathy most 
as you guys know. But uh, I mean, when you're going, like I said, 1939 down the stretch, 26 and 43 overall in the second half, something has to change. And unfortunately for Jason Tingler, that was his job status. Um, I think my first reaction to the news, aside from being like, well, duh, is also I've also been talking about on the podcast, aside from saying that he was going to get fired, is that I don't think this is something to celebrate. Uh, not just for the aforementioned reason that I don't like celebrating people like just losing their jobs. It makes me feel all weird. Like, I mean, at some level, it's not Chase Tingler's fault that Trent Grisham can't hit an inside fastball. You know what I mean? That's not, I mean, yeah, you can blame him a little bit, but at some point guys got to produce instead of playing like average, which is the sentiment I have echoed throughout, not just last month, but the past three months is that everybody just players like Machado, Tatis, Cronenworth to an extent and Joe Musgrove. You know, and hey, even Machado had that that really one poor month back in July. So, you know, when it comes to a poor finish, that goes all over the place. You know what I mean? So you can't just blame Jace Tingler. And now we're on the hunt for a new manager. And my thing about that is who's it gonna be? Right? There's plenty of names. They've said that um Peter Seidler said that uh previous managing experience is not going to be a requirement, which I actually think is quite bad. Hey, we talked about the other day about how the Yankees lost, right? And how Aaron Boone, I swear that man is not liked by any Yankee fan. I, I, I swear. It's either they're indifferent or they just, they don't like him. And a big reason they don't like him is because it's like, why did this guy get one of the most prized possessions in all of, I don't, can I say in all of sportsing? Maybe North American sports, you could argue that this is one of the biggest, like, most high profile ones, maybe coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know. I'd like to hear your guys thoughts on that, but like you give it to someone who essentially parlayed one home run into an entire career, whether it be his work with ESPN as, as an analyst, and then actually being the manager of the Yankees. And everyone's like, he doesn't have any previous experience. So my thing is like, if they're already saying that that doesn't cut off somebody, if they haven't had a lot of um, previous managing experience, then I, the first thing I think of is what the athletic piece kind of feared, which is, what if this is just going to be another situation where they get an extension of the front office instead of someone who thinks differently than AJ Peller, someone who views things just a little bit differently and says, you know what? No, uh, I'm not just going to listen to everything that AJ Peller does. I have my own opinions, my own thoughts. I don't know. I, I just, I just don't know what that means in terms of the future of the franchise. I don't think that's a good thing. And more importantly, so but now be the fifth manager we're going to be on under the AJ Peller tenure. Um, I saw some people talking about, you know, fire AJ Prowler and stuff. I still think that that's a, a, a not, I don't want to go there yet. I understand your anger. I'm angry too. I mean, I literally tweeted my support for this guy all the time, begging him to murder me. And I think he listened. I think that he actually did literally murder me. He littered my heart. He murdered my heart. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it's it's really sad there. But Seidler said his his job is as safe a GM's job could be whatever that may mean um, if he's trying to allude to the fact that GMs can get fired. I don't know what he's saying exactly with that comment, but AJ Peller is not going anywhere. Bottom line is there's a lot of aspects of this. There's the aspect of let's not just blame Jay Singler. There's also the aspect of some of the bullpen decisions, keeping Blake Snell in for too long. The fact that no one really improved this year, like that, that's a little weird, right? Like, I don't think there's a single player that really improved. Maybe, Nabil Krizmat? Like, I can't really find any uh, Mark Millett. No, Mark Millett has always been. There aren't too many players that got better. That's a really bad sign, too. There's only players that got worse, right? And at some point, you need to make a change, and the Padres did that. You know what I'm saying? And I think that when we look at this offseason, that's going to be the biggest question. Who are they going to bring in? Is it going to be some no-name, which, not to hate on no-names, oftentimes the greatest ever, 
they come from no name backgrounds. That's just what happens. You know what I'm saying? But um, I don't like uh, just the vibe of what's going on here where people are just acting like this is this was the big firing that needed to happen. It was necessary. It was kind of expected. But I don't want to go acting like this is going to fix everything and that he was the only problem. Front office is a problem. Front office culture, I believe, is the problem. I am putting a lot of stake into that athletic piece. And also, I, I don't know what's going to happen when it comes to the, the future of the team. I, I just don't. I don't know what Preller is going to do. I, I genuinely don't. He could do some magic like he did in 2015, like he did when he made all those mistakes that he was able to recover from getting Tatis on this team in the first place, getting Manny Machado on this team in the first place. It's going to be very, very interesting. So while I understand that you guys are probably not all that interested in talking baseball, I can tell. I look up the view counts and all that stuff. Uh, I can promise you it is not going to be a boring offseason. In fact, I think out of all the teams in baseball, it's going to be one of the more interesting in all the league. I really do. I think that there's a lot of turmoil and there's a lot of questions with who they're going to trade, what they're going to trade for, what they're going to go for, if they're going to trade for anybody. Lots of lots of drama, guys. But before we talk about some more things about who the future manager of the Padres could be, some of my thoughts on that, just expounding upon it a little bit more on this lovely Thursday day, I want to talk to you guys really quickly about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often these pointless questions like what's an is your odyssey an lx or is it an ex i don't i I don't know man i don't know anything about cars thankfully though you have access to rockout.com at home and in your pocket why choose spend 30 50 even 100 percent more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership for example honda odyssey fuel pump it's 353 from a chain store only 216 for mock auto all right and they have every type of equipment you can need um and and you know, parts that you can need, I should say. Uh, and they've been serving auto parts customers and do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website today, guys. RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And we're continuing this, guys. Thanks again for making Lockdown Padres your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, just a reminder. And, you know, YouTube as well. Check that out. You guys might be watching me act like a lunatic right now as we speak. Um, The next thing I want to talk about is a little bit more diving into the possible replacements, all right? The replacements, both in terms of literally, like, specific names and replacements in terms of, you know, like, the energy we should be looking for. What kind of person? Not necessarily a specific name, but what kind of person, right? And that's where things get a little bit dicey. Now, I talked about this before. I talked about this on Friday, in fact, when it came out in the athletic piece, some of the names, some of the big names that were mentioned were Bruce Bochy, Buck Showalter, and Ron Washington. I'm not going to totally get into um, Ron Washington again, because I think Ron Washington, I went into enough as someone I would not like to bring to this Padres organization. I think when we're having a now the Padres organization isn't in disarray as far as we know, um, in terms of like kind of the things that are relating to Ron Washington, which is some sexual harassment sort of issues. Um, So let's be clear about that. That's not what I'm trying to imply. But as someone who really pays attention to a lot of things, and I imagine you guys do too, um, you guys and gals, that the way sports has been heading, you look at the Portland Trailblazers, the Dallas Mavericks, you look at all this stuff that's just happening across sports and how little they seem to do to care about these things. If you're just going to 
be in sports, you're part of this fraternity, and they don't really care how you're treating women and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? And that's a really, really bad look uh, for society, in my opinion, anyway. Not to go all, you know, liberal on you guys or anything like that, but that's just that's just how I view it. So Ron Washington, while I do think he's an admirable candidate in terms of his managing skills, I think there are other directions you can go. Bruce Bochy, I believe in the athletic piece. The athletic piece was saying with the micromanager that Preller is, Bruce Bochy ain't coming out of retirement for that. He does have the connection, which is true, managing the team from the 90s, late 90s, 96 to 2005, which is great. And they were pretty good, by the way, around those times. Uh, One team, in fact, the 1998 team is probably one of the best Padres teams ever. Shout out Ricky Henderson. Past his prime, Ricky Henderson. But still, nonetheless, it was a very good Padres team. Um, so there would be a lot of, like, nostalgia. You know what I mean? And I'd love that. I would love the energy of being like, we're, we're running it back. You know what I mean? We're bringing this guy back. He's now with a more exciting team. Uh, it's, it's at least up there with the 98 team. Um, and it definitely has bigger stars than the 98 team with Tatis being obviously the headliner and all that. So I think he would at least be interested, but unless Preller somehow takes a little bit of a step back, which given his job security, given how much power he has in the organization, probably. And in fairness, because he's, he's earned it mostly over the past few years, um, barring a little bit of a disaster in 2021 uh, that I think that I, I don't see that as likely that he's able to concede that we'll see though. Cause if that does happen, if Bruce Bochy does become the next manager of the Padres, then I think that that's a sign that AJ Preller is listening and he's saying, you know what? Maybe I have been a little bit too hands-on. He's a smart guy. He's brilliant. He works hard. I believe that stuff. And I think what was interesting about that athletic piece is that there were also quotes from people that were like, Hey, like, I think that this is a little bit, you know, of an oversimplification. He works really hard. And I don't think all this stuff about how he dictates practices and all that are necessarily entirely accurate. You know what I'm saying? So I do think that there is hope here, unlike some other managers that we've seen throughout the league, some other organizations where you're like, oh my God, what are the Mets doing? You know what I'm saying? What are the Rockies doing? There wasn't any kind word said about those teams, for example, right? So that's one thing to, to think about. Then last person, Buck Showalter, who I have no issues with. Um, I'm a fan of Buck Showalter. I enjoyed him managing. He had a very calm influence that I actually thought was very helpful. I remember... Again, not to get overly political, I remember during like the Baltimore riots that happened in like uh, 2015, I believe was the year because it was my graduation year from high school, like a very calm response to all that. If you guys remember, they played in an empty stadium. That was a whole, whole thing. Very important societal issues at stake. And he handled that very well. And I think that that might at least again, I am projecting a little bit. I'm not as big of an insider as your Kevin ACs and Dennis Lenz who know everything in the league that's going on right now, including all the behind the scenes stuff. They probably have, they know something that's going to get announced in two years. Those guys, you know what I mean? They do great work, but I will say that just based off what I've seen of Buck Showalter. Yes. I know people roast him all the time for not taking uh, initiative and bringing Zach Britton, their all-star, all-pro, all-timer season closer uh, in that playoff game against the Blue Jays when there was a tie game that they didn't even use him once. They do blame him a little bit for that. But in general, I thought those Orioles teams were good. I thought they were pretty exciting in a lot of ways. They were home run power. And I want to get back to Slam Diego power. So maybe that might kind of work. And it'll be a sign that Preller, again, might be reaching out a little bit and being like, I'm going to have you, I'm not going to micromanage you and your managing style. I'm going to listen to your input. I'll give you the pieces and all that. And we'll discuss things before just say trading Fran Mil Reyes, you know, was it a bad trade? I don't necessarily think so, but not talking to anybody about it. It's not always a good sign. So that's what I think. But in terms of the philosophy of who the Padres should be looking for, I'd be a little bit disappointed if you brought in another Jace Tingler like candidate. And I alluded to earlier about Aaron Boone. 
And Aaron Boone, like I said, getting that that position, like one of the most desirable in professional sports, it just feels very weird to me. It's like, really? Like this feels very like a lot of nepotism going on here. And don't get me wrong. Nepotism is prevalent throughout all professions, no matter what. It, there is nepotism involved in me doing this podcast in some way. You know what I'm saying? And there's all sorts of connections that happen. Right. But with Aaron Boone, it was like, you don't even have the experience for this. And it's like, you know, you look at like Marvel Comics, you know, Marvel Comics is very, very tight knit when it comes to who they allow to write Spider-Man stuff for them. You know, not their mainline Spider-Man, but all sorts of Spider-Man stories. They they're picky about that stuff, man, because that is their golden egg character. Obviously, you guys know this. Everybody knows who Spider-Man is. It's my boy as well. My favorite fictional character of all time. And, you know, you see J.J. Abrams come in and his son and he gets his son a gig to write on that comic to work with him. I understand the J.J. Abrams part. He's a very powerful figure in entertainment. But then it's like, you want to tell me nepotism don't exist? I'm not saying J.J. Abrams' kid isn't talented, but, like, he ain't getting that job if he's not – if J.J. Abrams isn't his dad. You know what I'm saying? This is a very desirable position. And apparently that Spider-Man comic was really dark and kind of messed up. Go look that up. Uh, let me know about that for all my nerds that are listening right now. But um, I do think that that is the bad side of things where you start hiring people that aren't ready, and then you just might get a – replicate of jace tingler where it's just a guy that isn't going to be able to soften the blows of potential locker room disputes any type of chemistry things see things on the field and in the locker room that we don't see as fans and kind of address them you know what i mean if you're not as experienced at least in my opinion or it could go the way of say a gabe kapler who comes into the league and no one really believes in him. Maybe take a guy that nobody believes in right now, like Gabe Kapler was after leaving Philadelphia, and then look at him on the Giants. Doing pretty damn good. Choosing the right times to pinch hit Lamonte Wade. Choosing when to use Darren Ruff. Choosing whether or not to use Taylor Rogers or Jake McGee. You know what I mean? Like all the, those type of relief pitchers that they have. Um, and I imagine he, had so, he has some input too. That organization has run really well. So on the same time, I do understand that some unknown, not necessarily guys that we've seen in the league, in a long time is also a viable option. But in my opinion, for this team, considering all the things we've heard about locker room stuff, about the fact that you've got some big personalities on the team, some young personalities, but not it's not a totally young team. That's why I think people forget. A team like the White Sox has a little bit more youth to them than I'd say um, the San Diego Padres do, especially because, hey, Machado's turning 30. You know what I'm saying? Like, Machado's going to be 30 years old. Like, he's not exactly young. It's just that Tatis is the big, big young one on this team. And the, the, the team clearly flows through him. So, ostensibly, you almost feel like it is a young team, but it's not totally a young team. Um, but that's just my thoughts on that. Uh, between all three of those candidates that have been mentioned, I like the idea of Buck Showalter the most. I feel like there's not as much baggage there. I liked what he did in Baltimore. But again, it's going to be hard to bring him out of that, you know, that booth and doing what he's doing on Yes and all these channels. So I think that'll be interesting. But I imagine more names will pop up as time goes on. But all I know is this. I will be very skeptical. I wasn't skeptical enough when they hired Jace Tingler. I will be a little bit more skeptical if it's yet another one who Preller knows from Texas or another one of Preller's guys. I'll be a lot more skeptical, I have to admit, versus when I was the first time. Uh, but and that's, that's, yeah, that's basically it for my thoughts on that, guys. Now, let me just quickly talk to you about betonline.a. Gee, yeah, I'm really drawing it out of that one. Sorry about that, guys. I don't know. Uh, for bet online, guys, 
we're back and better than ever when it comes to football. They've got all your uh, stuff, number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use your promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. They also have football. They also have football. Yes, they have football. Then they've got basketball. They've also got baseball, hockey, boxing, whatever you want. They're going to have some future stuff coming out. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's wrap this bad boy up. I just want to talk a little bit about the, the NLDS the, the the wild card, I should say. The Dodgers won last night by a score of three to one. Uh, Chris Taylor getting the big hit. It's funny because, and again, I'm not trying to be the pat on my back guy. I actually called it. I said that that was going to happen. Um, I was just like, it's not going to be the big name kind of drama players. Justin Turner does get a big hit in this game, and I do not like Justin Turner. Long time listeners of the podcast. That's probably my least favorite Dodger. No, it's not true. Joe Kelly is. I genuinely hate Joe Kelly. I hate that dude. I think he's a jerk. Um, but the Cardinals battled, man. I mean, that's a good baseball team. I mean, good defense. They had some some errors on the field in this game, though, from Edmund Sosa and uh, Mundo Sosa, who made like 4,000 errors, which was very odd. But for the most part, really good game. And just goes to show you, it's so funny how the postseason works, right? Tommy Edmund being the biggest batter in this game for the Cardinals, three for five with a strikeout. I don't know why I included that three for five with uh, scoring one run. The only run that the Cardinals get and two stolen bases, not Paul Goldschmidt getting the big hit, not Tyler O'Neill, not Nolan Arenado, not Gil- Dylan Carlson, not my Puerto Rican man, Yadier Molina, not any of their you know best players. Harrison Bader, who's had some playoff moments before, not those guys. It's Tommy Edmond who had a WRC plus below 100 this year and, and an OPS below 700 at 693. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's just, this is what happens in the post team sometimes. People will just have their moments. You guys know the David Freeze call? When we'll see you tomorrow night. Joe Buck, brilliant. Uh, just brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, like, he became a superhero in the playoffs. Oftentimes, it isn't necessarily going to be the stars. You want you expect the most from your stars. But when it comes to batters, you might get your Tommy Edmund, who just becomes the hero of the postseason. That's just what happens sometimes. So that's what I would I would say about the rest of the playoffs in general, guys. That'd be my lesson. You don't really know what's going to happen. Stop acting like because the Dodgers won in 2020 that we know for a fact that all of their previous struggles are behind them and no one can beat them. Not to mention, they have a tough series. It's incredible. First-round matchup between the Giants and the Dodgers. I think we all know who us Padres fans are going to be rooting for in that one. Should be a lot of fun. I thought it was actually a really intense game. The best part about playoff baseball, while the game did somehow manage to last like four and a half hours, despite only being like a one run game for, for most of the the thing until the Chris Taylor walk off. Um, it's, it's thrilling. Like every pitch, I don't know about you guys, but because I have a vesting rooting interest that the Dodgers lose, um, it's just, it's just thrilling. I love it so, so much. It is my favorite kind of format of playoffs out of all the sports. Maybe that is because my football team is traditionally a heartbreak and it always breaks me and I like not to think about it. I definitely don't like the NBA playoffs the most because the NBA playoffs, the first round is so bad. Like you're just getting a lot of block games that you don't care about. You're like, all right, get to the main event. It's like watching a pay-per-view event. It's like, I don't need to see, you know, the Lakers stomp the Grizzlies like they did in 2020. Like I, I just, why? Like they're going to win. Like we don't, unless barring an injury, like that's just, it doesn't interest me, you know what I mean, in terms of that. The the nerves aren't there. When it comes to playoff baseball, man, holy 
dear lord uh just absolutely incredible stuff um and also just got to give a shout to, to adam wayne right the fact that the cardinals are in this game is incredible amazing end to their season winning those 18 games straight um you know and i will say it felt a little bit good to be good it felt a little bit too good to be true uh when it comes to uh the cardinals if they were able to beat the dodgers last night with a 40 year old adam wainwright beating a 107 with Dodgers team that feels like it's us Padres fans we're like oh man like we're we're fantasizing about something that probably won't happen can it happen with the Giants of course can it happen with another team of course but when it comes to this team yeah I do admit that uh yeah I I didn't really expect it but he still played well I mean Adam Wainwright uh only gives up one run Scherzer isn't on fire but he was much better than say Garrett Cole who we talked about on a previous episode about how he did not pitch like someone who thought he was the second best pitcher in baseball yeah I'll take Max Scherzer over him even on an off night he didn't completely implode he was a little bit frustrated when he got taken out but just one earned run on three hits three walks four strikeouts not a great start but it certainly isn't a start that kills you that's why you have a team you know what I mean but Garrett Cole two innings and change, uh, <laughs> not great for Garrett Cole. And all these videos are coming out about how he's being taunted by the Red Sox fans and all that. So really rough there. In terms of the rest of the postseason, I'm most looking forward to the White Sox and Astros. That should be going on literally as you are watching this, most likely, because it's a late upload. Again, my apologies for that. But um, I really love the White Sox team. I think they are the Padres of the American League. I should say they're the 2020 Padres of the American League, because 2021 Padres, whew, less said about them, the better, um, even though this is a Padres podcast. But uh, yeah, I think that the White Sox have so much swagger on their team, from Tim Anderson to Eloy Jimenez to Luis Robert to Yoan Nankata, who I think is incredibly underrated now. Um, just so many fun guys on that team. Great rotation, uh, great diversity in all their personalities. Like I think it's so, so good. Heck, even Tony La Russa in his own way is at least interesting you know what i mean unlike aaron boone who would nobody likes I, and nobody really likes tony Russo, but at least he's kind of interesting just as a person who's a fan of stories um at least he's kind of interesting so i'll be looking forward to that we've also got red Sox rays i'll be rooting hard for the rays in this series don't really care about what happens after that but uh gonna be rooting hard for the rays because i hate boston and then on friday we've got another game between the white Sox and astros another game between the red Sox and rays Ah, isn't it glorious? This is like March Madness style. We're just going to be having baseball games going all Friday. I am absolutely going to be tuning into those. Braves, Brewers, Dodgers, Giants, obviously being the headliner, 9.37 p.m. Eastern time. That's probably the game out of all these that I'm looking forward to the most. But the series I'm looking forward to the most is White Sox Astros. And the reason why, you can read up on that at JustBaseball.com. I wrote a little bit of a preview of that series because they are my last team that I'm rooting for uh, about the White Sox, who I think is going to win. Going to link that in the description. You guys can check that out, both the YouTube description and podcast description. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. So hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode. Really appreciate it. Thanks for making Locked On Padres your first listen every day, even if today's was a little bit delayed. My apologies. Um, now make your second listen, Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully. He brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available on all platforms. In terms of this episode or this podcast, guys, you can uh, stay tuned for tomorrow tomorrow's episode hopefully a crossover with me and Ryland Styles of Lockdown Royals and Lockdown Thunder just talking playoffs and really just hanging out if you want something that's a good vibe maybe for some reason you find my personality entertaining I know I got a review uh from Jake Cronengirth on uh 
Apple Podcast app, who who said some very kind things to me. Uh, I really appreciate it, man. Giving me a five-star review and all that. You guys can send me reviews. And if you send me a review, feel free to put a question in there. And I guarantee you, it'll be on the show. Uh, so shout out to you, Mr. Rake. Uh, I appreciate the comments. Maybe we'll talk about uh, that another time. So feel free to DM me on Twitter and all that stuff. Um, also, next week, going to be doing, uh, for Just Baseball, an article on uh, the top 10 most tragic moments of the 2021 Padres season. Uh, last year, I did my top 20 best moments of the 2020 Padres. This year, it's the top. I couldn't think of 21. Nah, guys, look, I, I it would get dark. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want this to become like the end of Annihilation where Oscar Isaac is losing his mind. Spoiler alert. Uh, like, I just, I, I don't want to go that deep into doing 21 tragic moments, but going to be doing that on Just Baseball and then doing a podcast talking about that article uh, sometime next week. So that should be a lot of fun talking with some other hosts on the network about what it means to be in the playoffs or out of the playoffs and what have you. Lots of good stuff to look forward to, including a new camera for all my YouTube listeners. And with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever, all platforms, you're good. Feel free to send me some five-star views on the Apple Podcast app. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. Friar Faithful Homies, take care.